Good morning. Thank you for joining us once again as we come and we celebrate the goodness of our Heavenly Father, who is to be hallowed and revered. May His kingdom come and His will be done in and through your lives on earth as it is in heaven. Because He is a loving Father, He will supply all your needs according to His glorious riches. In other words, He will give you your daily bread, what you need for daily living, physical and spiritual. He will sustain you and He will keep you. He can be fully relied upon. He loves you and He cares about you. On Good Friday, there was a crucifixion. On Easter Sunday, a resurrection. And now 40 days later, an ascension. For many Christians and churches, Easter is the end of the celebrating until Christmas time when we celebrate the birth of Jesus. We tend to forget or just skim over how important the story of Jesus' ascension back into heaven is. You may have heard that Thursday was Ascension Day and think to yourself, so what? Why does it matter to me at all? Or wonder what this day even means? When we speak of the finished work of Christ on the cross, we usually focus on his atonement, the action of making amends for a wrong or an injury. Atonement refers to the need for reconciliation between sinful mankind and a holy God. And we focus on the resurrection from the dead. These works are at the heart of the work of redemption. But what about the event that occurred 40 days after Jesus came out of the tomb, the ascension? The ascension is a vital part of the redemption story. Steve Matheson writes, if we simply collapse the ascension into the resurrection, we miss stunning benefits tied directly to Jesus being taken into heaven. We can't just celebrate the risen Lord on one Sunday and then forget about what comes next. The ascension is crucial and it's life-changing and eternity-changing for us as believers. All that Jesus had come to do on the earth was completed. All that the Father had required of Jesus had been done. There was nothing that remained for him to do on the earth. It is finished. And for me, I can again hear the words of the Father saying, This is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. So the question, why is the ascension of Jesus so important? The ascension is a crucial, often overlooked aspect of the work of Christ, and it makes an enormous difference. A guy by the name of Tim Keller writes, The ascension, when understood, becomes an irreplaceable, important resource for living our lives in the world and it's a resource sorry and it's a resource no other religion or philosophy of life holds out to us the word of god reminds us and christians across the ages that jesus ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of god the father and it's from here where he will one day return to judge the living and the dead Jesus went up and back into heaven, but one day he will return as our conquering king. In John 7 verse 33 we read, Jesus said, I am with you only for a short time, and then I'm going to the one who sent me. John 16 verse 28, I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I'm leaving the world and going back to the Father. 
John 20, verse 17, Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and to your God. This is an incredible scripture. Jesus didn't just say he was going to his Father, but that God is also our Father. Not just Jesus' Father, but our Father. How awesome is that? Because of Jesus' finished work on the cross, man has been reconciled to God. And he is not only our God, but also our Father. In Acts 1, verse 9 to 12, this is where Jesus was taken up into heaven. After he said this, and what he had said here was, we find in verse 8, that we would receive power when the Holy Spirit came upon us, and that we would be witnesses. We see that he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. And then the last scripture here is Mark 16 verse 19. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and sat at the right hand of God. So again, coming back to the question, why is the ascension of Jesus so important? First, Jesus as the unique God-man, fully human and fully divine, was going to take his place in heaven as the king. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Now, if Jesus merely wanted to return to the Father, he could have just vanished. There were other times when he vanished immediately out of sight as with the disciples on the road to Emmaus. But instead, Jesus told his disciples that he was going back to his father, and he wanted them to be there as witness to his ascension. Second, in the ascension, Jesus left the limitations of time and space and passed into the presence of the father. When Jesus was here on earth, he was limited to being in one place at one time, if you wanted to speak with him or be with him, you had to do it at the place where he was at. But at the ascension, Jesus leaves the space, time, and passes into the presence of the Father. He is still our second Adam and still our advocate. Yet now he has been glorified and seated at the right hand of the Father. That time and space and place don't hold him captive any longer. He has a glorified body and all these limitations fall away. Jesus is now the go-between, the mediator between man and God. And we see this in 1 Timothy 2 verse 5. But before I read the verse, a mediator is one who intervenes between two persons who have a hostile who are hostile towards each other, with a view to reconcile them. Jesus is our mediator, the one who reconciles man to God. In 1 Timothy 2 verse 5, we read, 
For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus. I'd like to read you that same scripture out of the New Living Translation. It just puts it in a different way. For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. And so from here I'd like to look at six points as to why the ascension is so important to us. And the first one is because of what Jesus did, it gives us access to God's throne for mercy and grace. Hebrews 4 verse 14, Therefore since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. We have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens to be seated at the Father's right hand. Hebrews 1 verse 3 says, The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful word. After He had provided purification for sin, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. The result of this is seen in Hebrews 4 verse 16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we might receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Because of Jesus' ascension, we can boldly approach God's throne of grace. The second point is, Jesus is the reigning king over all powers in all ages. In Ephesians 1 verse 20 to 21, says God raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. Ephesians 2 verse 6 and 7 brings us into the picture saying, God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly places. It is the Lord's power that makes this possible. Ephesians 6 verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. As believers, we now have access to this power because of the ascended Jesus. Coming back to that question, why is the ascension important? It provides an advocate on earth whose presence is limitless. I can't imagine what the disciples must have gone through when they heard that Jesus was going to be killed and then after being raised back to life, he was going to leave them again. This confusion and the grief that they must have experienced was so great. But in John 14, verse 16 to 17, we see Jesus comforting them with the promise that the Father will send another advocate, the Spirit of Truth. We see this in John 14, verse 16 to 17. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be with you. How is Jesus leaving an advantage for his disciples and for all those who believe in him? The answer is simple, yet profound. 
When Jesus was on the earth, like I said earlier, he was limited to time and space. He couldn't be with each one of his followers at the same time. If he had stayed on earth, we would have to go to meet him where he was, or he would have to come to us. But by sending the Holy Spirit, he can be all across the world, ministering to billions of people at the same time. His empowering presence is available to all his followers, everywhere at the same time. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives in us. The advantage we have is that Jesus has given us his Holy Spirit. Number four, it gives us the spoils of Christ's victory, gifted leaders and spiritual gifts. In Ephesians 4, verse 7 to 12, we see Paul connects the grace we've received with the ascension. And this is what it says, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ appointed it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captive and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. And then in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1 to 11, we see the spiritual gifts that have been given to us. Now about the spiritual, sorry, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, miraculous power. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. Point number five, it keeps us longing for His return. Once you've gotten close to someone and spent significant time in their presence, their absence feels like a massive void. It is the same for us as believers. We long to be with Jesus, just like his disciples did. He isn't here on the earth any longer, but one day he will return and take us to be with him. What a glorious day that will be. We know that when he comes back, he will set all things right and bring us close to him for all eternity. 
the ascension creates a longing inside of us for Jesus' return. And the same guy that I mentioned earlier, Matheson, puts it like this. It reminds us, his reign is already, but not yet. When Jesus descended, in the way that he ascended, the bad times will be over for good. The darkness will lift and everything sad will at last come untrue. And then the last point is he has gone to prepare a place for us. John 14 verse 1 to 3 says to us, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. And he is coming back to take us to be with him. The Christian's great and blessed hope, the hope of the resurrection of the dead and eternal life in the new Jerusalem, it is imminently tied to Christ's first going up. What a glorious day that is going to be when he comes to take us home. In the meantime, while we wait for Jesus to return, he has given us everything we need to live our lives to the full. As the ascended king, he is sovereign over every part of the created order. He controls all things for the church, and therefore you can face the world with peace in your heart. He's at the right hand of God and the executive director of history, directing everything for the benefit of the church. If you belong to him, then everything that happens ultimately happens for you. Philippians 2, verse 9 to 11, says, Therefore God exalted him, who is Jesus, to the highest place, and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. If you have never bowed your knee, and surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. Don't delay. Do it now. The Bible tells us that we, have all, that we are all sinners and that we have fallen short of the glory of God. It tells us that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. God has provided a way out for us because he loves us so much. It tells us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for our sins, that he paid the penalty for our sin. By his death on the cross. Romans 10 verse 9 to 10. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. <laughs> Sorry, just waiting for the helicopter to go by. <laughs> for it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So what must we do to be saved? We must ask Jesus to come and forgive us of our sin, which is repentance. Then we need to ask him to be Lord and Savior of our life. This means handing over the reins of our life to Jesus, which is surrender, surrendering your will to him. And then we need to live a life of obedience to him. How do you do this? 
by getting to know God the Father. And how do we get to know Him? We get to know Him by reading the Bible, by praying to Him. What do I mean by praying? Talking to Him, just like I'm talking to you now. You talk to the Father, have a relationship with Him. And by being around people who love Jesus, who can teach you His ways, get plugged into a church as well, so that you can grow in your faith. So the ascension is important to us as children of God. And I hope that with what I've shared this morning that you have learned a little bit more about the importance of the ascension of Jesus. Can I pray for us? Father, thank you for this wonderful day that you've given us. We thank you for the ascension of Jesus, that he is no longer here on earth, but he is seated at your right hand in heavenly places where he makes intercession for us. Because of what he has done, we can boldly come into the throne room of grace. And Father, we thank you for this. We thank you for Jesus. Jesus, thank you for what you have done for us. Thank you for your redemption. Thank you for going to that cross and dying for us. But you didn't stay there. You were raised to life again. And 40 days later, you ascended into heaven, where you are still seated on the right hand of the Father. But we know that one day you are coming back. And Father, I pray for us as your people that we will be ready when you come back. And that we will be found doing what you want us to be doing when you do return. I thank you for these blessed people that have been watching this morning. I pray that you bless them, that you protect them, and that we will get to meet again next week. Thank you, Father. Amen. God bless you.